Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show. In today's episode... Chris has been creeping around the pits of the Tour Down Under and checking out all the bikes. Is there a World Tour bike package that you would actually ride? Some of the 2024 new bike releases, are they going to go aero or road, climbing? We make our predictions. What's better than a 200k day in 40 degrees? We're at the Tour Down Under. We're going to do some story time. All right, let's get into it. All right, Jesse, last week you had your boots on the ground. This week my boots are on the ground. I'm in my tour down under orange. I'm feeling the rush. It's, it's all happening down here. I know you have FOMO. So what have you seen? Uh, let, let's start there, I think. Walking around. All the pro teams are there. Uh, I guess I, I want to know firstly, how much gear do they have? Because obviously the, if the European teams are coming to Australia, they're not going to have their entire truck with 200 sets of wheels. So are they kind of one car? Are they no options for uh, gear or did they manage to bring spares in excess baggage, I guess? My media accreditation only, only gets me so far. But from, from what I saw, uh, you had essentially enough, ride, enough bikes. Every rider had a spare bike. So you had basically the whole team on bikes okay. and then a full roof of uh, so nine vehicle, nine bikes on the uh, spare car situation, and then you had the full suite of wheels and a full suite of gearing options, which was kind of interesting today. So I'm talking, or we're talking, just after the conclusion of stage two, which um, I didn't realize, but it was a was a hilly hillier stage, and so what a lot of the teams and a lot of the riders were doing today was running shallower sectioned wheels and i was asking a couple of the mechanics that exact question like how does that actually play out in reality how many did you bring and it was a situation where it's it it is definitely the haves and the have-nots so visma fully specced their guys out with like 30s some on 40s um a couple of tubulars so weight was clearly an option for a couple of guys and then you came down to um decathlon or Wanty, wanty, and they were they were just running their midsections that they'd been running all week. So whether or not that was a decision they were made, or that was just, hey guys, these are the best wheels. I I don't know, but it, it kind of walking up and down the pits a little bit today. It it felt in a in a sort of similar type thing. I mean, we were doing this race two years ago as the sort of NRS type thing. It didn't feel that removed from that just in terms of the equipment and everything that was around. So who were the have-nots then? Was there anyone that stood out that you thought, oh, the gear looks a bit thin on the ground? Good question, Jesse. Good question, um, to, use a, to use a Joe phrase. Look, all right, instead of just going straight for that, can I, can I do something where I sort of run through maybe like the, 
the top setups and the bottom setups from what I saw today. According and that's speed according to Chris Miller. Oh, this is this is as official as it gets. Setup, yeah. yep. I mean, okay. So he, here's what I did, right? Here's what I did. So the way like the the pits isn't probably that. It was basically the start line, right? And so the start line is the the buses. Yep. So they don't have the big team buses here at the Tour Down Under. They all just go out in a Hilux van um, and they get sort of parked in the penning area. And that's sort of where the riders sort of get themselves set up and all the rest of it. And on the other side is where the team cars pull up and then they bring all the team bikes up. So I, I did I did four laps okay. up, down, up, down, up, down, et cetera, of the setup. And what I wanted to do is kind of walk down and if I was a rider, what what bike would I – what setup would I like to pick up and roll up out the start line with? Like the Bora SL8 is a beautiful-looking bike. It definitely is. Um, that The green looks really good. Um, the SRAM definitely gets gives it a little bit of a point of difference. Um, it's got the full specialized setup on it. Kit's nice. Um, the only thing, like, you kind of get down there and you sort of start sniffing around at it and you're like, oh, they're running the Hammerhead Karoo 2s. Eh, I could probably do without no. that. <laughs> like, because you're kind of looking at the whole thing here. And and you got to remember, like, they are locked into this this equipment. So that was a little bit of a turnoff for me. Um Trek mm-hmm. is you kept coming back to that bike. I was actually messaging GC while I was walking up and down, and I just kept coming back to that setup and that bike. The bars. It was interesting. A, cu- a couple of the guys were running. Uh, Quinn Simmons was running uh, his uh, not not the integrated bar and stem, so he was running externally sort of um, routed ones. Uh, maybe a weight thing. I'm not sure. But again, you kind of looked at that and went, "Rally tires." Yeah, not not so sure. I'd yep. love to run that Visma. Okay, can I call them Visma? What am I meant to call them? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, Visma Lisa bike. Yeah, 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 Visma Lisa bike. Yep. Okay, the bikes, whatever. <laughs> Jinx are yeah are a thing, but I, I reckon the wheel range that they had was the best wheel range that I saw. So I saw three different version or three different sets of wheels that they had and they had those Vittoria tires on there which you know there are similar setup bikes and there are sim there are teams with similar sort of um section different sections but they're like the Shimano wheels and stuff like that probably not as wider internal rim, wind rip it's just it, I hate to use it but it is a setup it's nice so that would be similar to that would be similar to Jayco but that Jayco kind of cheating because they've well they're an Australian team and they've been here for the longest and they had to do nationals. They would have the similar I saw Luke Plapp saying that they've got the three wheel depths to choose from. Um but yeah they they're at an advantage because it's it's an Australian team obviously. So I think they've probably got a similar choice in terms of the wheels. The UAE setup like you just look at it and it's as I, I it's as close to perfect as I think you could get. There was only sort of two things. I don't know what their obsession is with those proprietary train rings. Most of them all have them, um, whether it be the carbon tie ones uh, and okay. all that sort of thing. I just I just don't understand that obsession and would be a bit of a turnoff for me. And the pissy kit, like you kind of get up and sniff around the, the riders a bit. It's, it's pretty, yeah, basic 
Is it really not that good? Because they ca- zoomed in on Isaac Del Toro, who just won the stage, and and he had the skin suit on. It had the strips on the um on the sleeve, so it wasn't an undershirt. One of those Rule Twenty Eight ones. It looked like they'd stitched it into the sleeves. I thought his looked pretty good. Maybe they've got, maybe the ones you're seeing weren't in that skin suit, or was that up close? Didn't look as good. It just yeah, up close didn't didn't look as didn't look as neat as the other ones, and the the. The rhetoric behind that that kit is that yes, it's it's pretty aerodynamic. Yeah, the, the summer stuff's not too bad, but the anytime the sort of wind and rain starts to happen, the stuff kind of falls apart and it doesn't handle itself too well. But well, the, I, I mean, the disadvantage for UAE is they don't have a they don't have an aero bike, which matters. So I mean, I guess it doesn't matter for the team that's there now, but. Does I hear what you're saying, but I I honestly reckon the wheels make up for a lot of that when you start talking about the package because you know those those envies were envy wheels are really nice. They're running so I didn't have calipers. I'm sure someone you can probably find this somewhere online, but those tires are massive, absolutely massive, and it was kind of funny because. They were parked right next to Kafitas. And so Kafitas are on the look bike, beautiful looking bike, but they're on the most stupid wheels. They're on like 2012 Corama um, tubulars. And I honestly reckon they can't be blowing up to anything wider than 21 mil. Like it's just, you just looked at them going, and it was just completely ridiculous having these two. Uh, tires or two wheel sets right next to each other looked like they were from totally different time zones <laughs> i bet they were 25s and you're you just haven't seen a 25 for the, for about three years so yeah, it looks like right. a track wheel to you <laughs> yeah. okay yeah well that's a i mean especially in adelaide on those those roads aren't smooth like that's that get three hours in on those roads at 115 psi oof that will bite for sure. But it's it's like so that that's obviously a giveaway to one of the the bottom setups. So like and when I say mm-hmm. bottom setups, like that bike is beautiful. Like it's it's gotta be a, a fast bike. But it's just ruined. <laughs> I just don't understand why decisions are made like that. I mean, sponsors, whatever, but that that to me was just a clear performance, like dis- we can sit here and take the piss out of each other for going on and on about this stuff and really the results not mattering but that result does matter like that there's no there's no arguing mm-hmm. that that's a disadvantage couple other ones uh did you get your eyes on the specialisma cuz it looks like most of yeah. the guys are running that instead of the ultra from what I see. So it looked at about half half just on the tv this this was the easiest bike to not that any of the bikes are hard to sort of get a get a good sniff in. I mean, she's always getting up up close and personal with these bikes. There's probably nose hairs on some of these bikes after I've got got around them. Um, but not, there was you went around sniffing saddles, were you? Sniffing saddles, sniffing saddles. Shout to Jen. <laughs> um, there was just no one around the B and B boys. I felt kind of bad for them, but I, I did I did have a look oh. at it and <laughs> oh man. What a what a what a sad state of affairs. What a sad sad state of affairs. Um, it, it's it it's not that dramatically different a looking bike. In fact, it took me a few double takes to realize, oh shit, that is the new Specialisma. 
um, before right. I did kind of notice there's still a lot of the half and half running the um, integrated bar and stem on it. And it's, it just looks like a, I think you said it last week, uh, like a, what did you say? Like it was the, the ultra was a, an aero bike designed by a 12, 12 year old boy. This is, this is yeah. like a all in one <laughs> bike designed by a 12 year old boy. Really, really disappointing. Okay. Did you get your eyes on the Van Rizzle from uh, decathlon? That's actually probably the bike I, I spent the most time around. And I'm kind of fascinated by it because I actually think, okay, the bike, whatever, it's pretty solid, but that's a really, really good package. Like from, from the wheels, really good rim width. They've got the Conti tires. Um, they've, they've got a really interesting um, seat post saddle setup where they can flip it. They can flip the saddle to, to change the offset of it. Um, okay, Shimano power meter, whatever. But the, the whole package actually, like if you were just going to say, what's a more competitive package for you as a rider, like that is in front of a lot of stuff that has been in the world tour for a long time. Awesome. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. The Bahrain Victorious, so their Maritas, the paint job on them is really nice. Super impressed with that. Uh, most of the guys who are running the Reactos, a couple running the Sculptures. Look, it's a really solid, again, package. The wheels seem a bit slop. Like just they just look, I don't know, like overly engineered, a bit heavy for what they're meant to be. And maybe that's kind of a, a feeling about that bike. It just it just looked like it needed a refresh. Um, like it, yeah, it, it kind of looks like it's three or four years old. Yeah, yeah. it is due for an update though. It has to be. I think, I think to, to keep that, to keep that bike relevant as your pro team bike, I think it's probably due something. I will say while I'm, I, I realize I'm just on a full monologue here, Jesse, but I'll just get it, get it off my chest as I, as I've sort of come back from it. Yeah. Okay. A bit underwhelmed by the Scott in real life. Um, oh come on! I don't. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what it was. The uh, maybe maybe it's the kit that they're in this year that sort of ruined it a little bit for me. I feel like it's potentially one of those those bikes that looks really good as a profile, but like once you sort of get front onto it, it does look a little overly chunky. Which is what I like to see in a. That's why I like it in an aero bike. I think because uh, DSM are on the Shimano wheels, aren't they? Yes. I see. So you're such a wheel guy. I reckon if they were on Envy's, you'd be losing your mind right now. <laughs> I, I totally agree. But that's my sort of point: is that the package of all these teams, nothing is perfect. Because yeah, you, you're dead right. Like if if someone goes and buys a Scott foil now, the chances of them specking that with Shimano wheels and a Shimano power meter are basically zero. And yet, these—that's what those guys are, are doing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. uh, finally, the the factor. Um, I had a good look at that factor. It's it's almost the opposite. The profile of that bike is, like I said last week, kind of ugly. But my God, like the curves on the the head tube. So when you look at it front on, are really impressive. Mm-hmm. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't yeah. know. I, I read a really good article from Ronan McLaughlin during the week where he was talking about like that's the new battleground for for bikes going forward is going to be that head tube um, shaping and all this kind of stuff, the size of it. That's uh, yeah. that's that's not a bad trend. Whatever whatever they're doing there, I quite like that. Very good. Well done. So wandering down some of these, like like I sort of said with the sculpture and the the Maritas, you I kind of got the sense that it felt like a few of the bikes needed refreshes. And you drew this to my attention during the week. I think uh, Dave Arthur did a video about like what he's expecting to see in twenty twenty four. Like what what if, is there anything? in that list or do you want to maybe go through some of these bikes on the list that we we might be seeing in 24 that that interest you don't interest you yeah well let's run through them um i mean not that we're going to come up with anything new necessarily um but just i mean what's interesting you out of this list so we've got for 2024 expecting a new trekamonda there was the photos that came out about it um with that isoflow thing they've put it in the in the uh, seat tube, I got a I got a rumor. I got a, a nice little underground rumor that it's not a new Monda. I've heard they are going the SL seven route and doing a, a just one bike. So I've heard they're scrapping a Monda, scrapping Madone, and this is their new Trek road bike. That's that's what you get. So that's what I've heard. How does that make you feel? Are you are you on board with that? At a Pro level, I'm not on board with that. I, I I stand by the idea that as a professional rider, they'll be better off having an aero bike that's heavier and a climbing bike that's lighter. It just you can't really argue with that for different stages, for different speeds. It makes a difference when you're going 60k an hour on a false flat downhill if you're on an Amonda versus a Madone versus an SL8. So. I think for that, I, I I do I will say for for the average rider who is never going to notice six watts difference, then the one bike I can kind of get around, if especially if it helps. Well, this will never happen, but especially if it helps cut the stock that a brand has to ho- hold in half, and the stock that a bike shop has to hold in half, and the the molds and the <laughs> the production capabilities of the factories that is it's so much more efficient to just have one bike. So in theory, it should be possible for the bikes to be cheaper if you just have one. So in 2024, the Trek Edone or the Madonda should be cheaper than either the Amonda or the Madone from 2023 because it's cheaper to, to just have one bike. If they do, if that if that happens, then so I'm going to hijack this new bike chat just for a second because I think what you just said there is is kind of the point here, and I I feel like some of this is is almost from just like lingering around some of this stuff here and the and the kind of chat about it because there's this this real I don't know if it's a split, but there's definitely a a direction that a brand can take when it comes to like its product lineup, but also the research and development of it because ultimately are you developing a bike or a range of bikes to win grand tours and classics and sprint stages or are you developing a range of bikes that's best suited for people to buy and ride 
and ride around Adelaide in January? And the answer to both those questions is obvious and the answer to those both those questions are completely different because, you know, everyone riding around here going out to the stages is better off on the one bike to suit it all. But the guys who just raced up Norton Summit and then to the finish in Lobethal are better off with all these other options. And it's kind of interesting, like, hearing, like, the – because – you know the distributor people and all that sort of stuff are trying to sell you their the their brand's mindset, right? And so the, even the specialized people are sort of selling you this. Oh, but we're developing the bike that's not only for Remco, but it's also for the people. Whereas you've got the Cervelo people saying, you know, but we're developing the fastest bike that's going to win the Grand Tours. And I mean, I, I probably have to side a little bit more on on that end. Because I find that more interesting because if every brand just had one bike, I don't know, is, is that a good thing? Maybe it is a good thing because then maybe it becomes more affordable because, like you said, it's cheaper for a brand to do. So does that become more affordable? Then the prices come down if we all just buy decathlon bikes. That is a good, a great point. It's just from my point of view, I care more about the 100,000 bikes that will be sold next year not the 200 bikes that will be ridden by the pros so i would prefer a brand actually do what specialized have done and in my opinion sacrifice a little bit of the pro performance for what should be a better solution for bike shops that's because at the end that's what bikes exist for people to buy them not for pros to ride um ideally in a perfect world you would have the sl8 and the pros would still be out riding the venge or maybe not the venge but a more aero tweaked version of the sl8 for example but that the sport's not big enough to do that um mercedes don't sell you know the formula one drivers aren't driving around in a mercedes regular sedan they're driving a formula one car built by mercedes so i mean that it'd be cool if the sport got there but for now i care more about the bikes are going to be sold so i'd I'd go the one route option but i can i mean i see your point you just had to get an f1 reference in didn't you (laughs) i know well i'm trying to i'm trying to match the channel seven commentators i know i mean you know this this one guy this one f1 driver who's just he actually cycles so actually no that's not true as as pointed out to me by a lot of people on Instagram this week, I was sent many. I was sent reels from some Spanish F1 drivers who also ride their bikes, which is great, I might add. But we don't seem to be as obsessed with them uh, as we are about Valtteri. Well, so if we look at some other bikes, then I mean, there's not really uh, any. It's like choose your own adventure when you pop up bike names. So if I say Giant TCR to you, what what is that bike doing now? Like I, just if you're just a regular rider, you'd probably just buy a Defy, and if you're a pro, you're just going to ride the Propel. I so okay, they'll update the TCR. They'll probably internally route the cable cables. It'll they'll tweak the tube shapes to save like four watts. I still don't see the TCR is kind of done now because the, the this is a bike model. I think that exists only because it's giant who can do it. I mean, there is so much overlap 
in those three models, well, the, the Defy, the TCR, and the Propel, there is no way you can stand in front of a customer and, and give a, a realistic um, separation of skill sets amongst those different frames. And the only reason I say it's, it's only something giant could do is just they're massive. They're, um, I'm pretty right in saying they're the largest bike producer in the world. And so therefore, to create more molds and do that sort of thing isn't a, isn't a bad thing. And I think you've got a brand name like the TCR, which there are so many people out there riding TCRs who will just go and buy the new TCR that it's probably still worthwhile giant doing it. This chat we're having, Dave Arthur did a similar one in a video and he basically just went through every bike and said the updates that he would like to see. I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of interesting, but I I, I would like to see, again, like some brands just scrap these bikes. Like, do they have a point? Uh, I think a lot of the time for 2024, a lot of them, they, they, they shouldn't really exist. But once you scrap it, I think my, my sort of pushback is like once you scrap the model, it's basically that's it. So, you know, if Cervelo like, did bring the soloist back, but that was sort of rare. And, you know, if, if they scrapped the S5, there's probably no bringing it back. Like I kind of feel like maybe they can ride out the trends of the next few years. A big bike brand could do it. Like they could ride it out with a, with a new iteration of the TCR that's probably not dramatically different. And then it gives you a little bit of room to move in 10 years time if suddenly we've all decided lightweight is the is the new thing you've got that tcr brand name that still exists yeah but it would be good for the brands had more of a direction uh or not even brands the manufacturers had more mm. direction instead of just like rolling out the same frame um the frame sets with like minor tweaks either double down or back away or do something more interesting than just oh, it's slightly more aero route the cables um scott addict that was another one uh what do you reckon chris scott addict scott's in a weird place isn't it because the the foil's been quite successful as yeah it, it kind of feels like the more successful you are with your aero bike the the more of a challenge your your lightweight is it a lightweight bike or is it more sort of their do it all type thing no, yeah. the addict is proper lightweight. The addict is 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 light. Oh, okay. That that, that bike is light. It's but you you're kind of right. It's not like a one answer. Every brand should have a do it all bike, or every brand should have like three different bikes. It kind of depends on where the bikes sit in the market now. I think this Scott Foil was one of the more aero looking frames, aerodynamically test well. So you'd probably say keep that addict. Just um, just update it. Uh, and then just, I, I mean, personally, I think I'd like to see Scott just stick with that all road slash climbing hybrid and then aero. I reckon we will know by the end of 2024 if the lightweight bike has a place. Because I, I think it's fair to say all those bikes that we discussed, the Amanda, the TCR, the Addict, there's good potentially R5 will probably happen, uh, get a refresh in 2024. We'll, we'll, we'll well, hold on, hold on. I actually think the lightweight bike will always have mm -hmm. a place. I would say the opposite. I think will we figure out by the end of 2024 20, if the only aero bike is done? Because it, the, for the average person, 
more of the population would want a specifically lightweight climbing bike versus a full-out aero bike, even though at the pro level, more riders would want the full-on aero bike, like the Ribble Ultra thing. But- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's not many punters buying a Ribble Ultra. Like it doesn't. So I think it would be, this would be potentially hinting at the phasing out of the aero-only bike and something like the Athos would still have a place. So if, if you're looking at a brand having a two-bike model, you, you think the more, um, the more uh, responsible way to go is the one bike to do it all with the lightweight option as opposed to the one bike to do it all with the aero option? No, I, more in the case that there would only be one bike and then you would, and that would be more of a Colnago V4 RS style, which in my opinion is more of a climbing all road as opposed to aero all road, if that makes any sense. Um, that would, so that would take place and then you would lose the, you lose the aero bike, but you would still have this sort of climbing all road hybrid. Can I take that into a chat about some of the bikes that I've just seen people out riding? Yeah. So I've done a couple of group rides. Uh, I, I've, I've been on a couple of activation rides, Jesse. That's, that's, what, that's what Adelaide's all about. It's all about activating, activating with your activations. So, uh, but it's all good. It's harmless. So I do feel kind of not sorry for the people running these things, but you know, like a little bit concerned for them when sort of a hundred people and the the big numbers turn up to these. So a lot of them are apparel braced brands, um, turn up to do these, these rides and like there's a hundred people. I'm interested to kind of know, like what's the responsibility of you as the apparel label that just to kind of, is there any responsibility to look after these people? I, I, I don't know, but numbers are big. I was sniffing around a few of them, chatting to a few people uh, biggest thing I noticed was rim brakes. In the last three or four days, I had, don't think I've seen as many rim brakes as I've as I have in the last three or four days. And not like I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the rusted on rim breaker who's friggin' taken their rim brakes into the coffin with them. No, it's younger people who potentially even had a rim a disc brake bike first and have made a conscious decision to buy a rim brake bike 
um, post that. Now, a lot of the time they've, they've gone to like a really classically shaped bike, but they've decided, they've made that decision based on the riding that they do, the terrain that they live in. Like what I'm trying to say is people, <laughs> the people that I met are making really informed, educated decisions about the kind of bikes that they want to buy. And I don't feel like we we give the customer enough credit a lot of the time. I, 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 you know, we often get trapped into this thing of like, oh, a dummy walks into a bike shop and is sold something that he doesn't or he or she doesn't actually want. That's not the experience that I've had here with a lot of people who are making, yeah, informed decisions about the kind of bikes they want to ride. And rim brakes have a real place in that. But that's good to see, but I still think that the niche of people having a week off work to go ride around Adelaide in the Tour Down Under is is a small slice. I still think the vast majority of people buying new bikes are being sold something, and perhaps that's not best suited to them. I disagree. I think the actual cross-section of people here is a really good example of who's, who's riding bikes. Um, you've got people from all over the country uh, who are kind of follow the sport, but there's, there's a huge amount of people here riding, Jesse. I don't know. You've never come down here for a proper tour down under pro event. It's like cycling takes over this, I'm going to say town, not city. Sorry, Adelaide. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. It truly is amazing. Um, I don't think it's a niche of people that are here. How many people would you say are there at the moment riding their bikes around? If you had to guess, I would say it's far less than the amount of people that would be watching this episode this week. It's a great question. It's a really it's good a question. very difficult question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> and yeah. I'm guessing just yeah. purely based off like how many people would attend the biggest Grand Fondo. You're probably right, Jesse. You're probably right. Like if I if I actually sat down and thought about the numbers. Yeah, it, it probably, I mean, I, I'm talking about there are probably half a dozen or less apparel brands running activation rides, getting 60 to 80 people. And I'm sitting here and saying, this is amazing. Look at all this massive humanity riding bikes. And you're kind of saying, yeah, but like, <laughs> like have a look at the numbers who, <laughs> who watch the show week in, week out. That wasn't just to flex yeah. the show, it was okay. just to push back on the like the rim break. No, no, no. I, I know Actually, I know what you I know what your point is. Yes. Can I, let I, me just go. I'm gonna go to Norton Summit. How many people have rode Norton Summit this year? So on Norton Summit this year, there have been two thousand four hundred and two attempts on Strava. Now obviously not everyone records on Strava and maybe only three quarters would ride Norton Summit. I think most would probably do it. Um there's got to be less than 10,000 people there on the road, surely, based on that alone. So what's your, your point then is that the people, yeah, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, I think that I, I would say you're, you're, the group that you're seeing out on the road is a pretty switched on, informed, decision-making group, I would say. Oh, I agree with that. Okay, fair enough. No, no, you, you're dead right. You're dead right. No, no, one, no one just accidentally turned up in Adelaide and went, oh, actually, you know what, I'm going to ride my bike this week. No, they booked this holiday eight months ago for the sole purpose of coming here and riding their bikes, and they probably thought about what bike to bring. Yes, no, you're you're dead right. 
I'm just on the Norton Summit segment, and I got to say, like, this is probably one of I'd probably say the fittest two down under ever at the pro level. Like Chris Harper took the KOM on a training ride on Monday before the race started. Um, 11 minutes up Norton Summit. And that's someone who's not even a GC guy. Like he'd be, Chris Harper will very likely be domestiquing for Simon Yates. Um, and then some of the other guys that are, that are here just look in crazy shape, like that Isaac Del Toro, the, the Mexican guy that won the stage. Don't you reckon there's something about a rider who potentially doesn't come from um, a country with a, with a lot of money, probably doesn't, maybe didn't grow up with money, and the, just the style of rider... Is they ride a little more aggressively, and they just they just look so hungry. I don't know if you watch the finish of that stage, but just the look of a rider when they're just desperate for a result, I just really love to see. And I can, I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a flair to like some of those riders, like the Colombian riders or the the Ecuadorian riders. I mean, the, the club. Some of the famous Colombian riders can uh, uh, worth a lot of. Uh, would be worth a lot of money, but yeah, something, someone like like that Isaac Del Toro, just the way he was just riding the end of that stage, I was just like, and as the first race of the season, easy to kind of come down here and just float around, test your legs, and he's just not. Nah, I'm getting results, and that was even in the crit. He was off the front in that crit. Almost, I think he got second or third in the the opening yeah. crit, and it's just, I don't know. I just love seeing those guys racing that are not just collecting a paycheck and are just willing to go to another level. It's just awesome to see. Fresh name as well. Like that's always that's always good. Fresh fresh name, sort of fresh country, not just you know, no offense, Belgium or something, but just like not another generically very good Belgian rider. It's someone from a little bit different. Yeah. I I totally hear what you're saying. Did you see Luke Plapp's interview before the race started where he 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 said their goal was to to win the overall and win every stage? What like did you see? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? I, I I'm worried about that team culture. Honestly, I know they won nationals, and they had a really good ride, and they've got Plat from Minios, which will be a morale boost, and he should help lift the team. But y- you can take it too far, can't you? Where you you come in and you're like, you guys all need to step up. We need to get three times as many results. And when that doesn't happen, I'm a little, I'm a little worried that you just, you just, you know, I don't know. I don't like the look, of the, 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 the look of that where you just come in a little too hot and you can't really feel the shoes. Not plap as a rider, but just the, the, the team's results. I don't know. I'm worried that that's potentially a, uh, not going to end well. It's, it's a balance. Like I, I had a... Um... I have my body language, uh, body language doctor uh, cap on, wandering up and down there today, and I was ha- I was having a look around the, you know, the, the 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 writers are all sitting down, you know, scrolling through Instagram, whatever, and you kind of get a sense of okay, it's forty minutes before the race, so it's not necessarily um, exactly accurate, but it was it was noticeable. 
around the green edge kind of tenty area type thing that they were really trying to vibe it up. Like they were really remember the old backstage pass, you know, Aussies on tour type vibe of the whole thing. They were clearly trying to get that back. Like they had the sort of music playing and and all this kind of stuff. And and okay, yeah, it, it kind of help obviously helps, but it's like home tour home atmosphere, most of the crowd are kind of congregating. Or It's kind of funny because most of the crowd congregate around uh, Green Edge and like UAE are like, who are those weirdos down there? Um, but uh, can, I, can I just say quickly about UAE? I don't know what kind of rap. Well, okay, here, I'll ask you. What, what, what do you reckon the vibe of like the UAE team bus would be? Like stereotypical. What, what do you think? <laughs> uh i'm just thinking of like a jay vine team bus so but he's not there uh, <laughs> okay just remove him from any he's i don't know they've got the, they got the poggy effect i feel like uh it, but it's a weird mix of like big names <laughs> and and you know on paper pers- what should be personality clashes potentially a dumpster fire i don't know what's it like so yeah okay i thought coming in it would be like business, like full everyone just like shutters down, everyone not talking. I don't know why, but that was it was it was there was vibe, there was bants, there was chats. It was um it was a a very like yeah the the mechanics were kind of like one guy um oh god uh is it I should know his name he's wearing number one um Alessandro Covey oh is it Covey is it yeah, it is. Yeah, it's number one. Kobe's yeah. there and he's like uh, measuring his saddle and like they're all giving him shit for it uh-huh. because clearly this is something like he's just <laughs> one of those guys and he's like measuring like the setback and all this kind of thing and the mechanics like giving him shit and the other riders are. I just kind of thought it was kind of funny that, that those guys were there. Ineos, it's, it's, it's UK lads on tour. Like it's even if you're not from the UK, <laughs> it's 100% UK lads on tour. <laughs> Um, so there was that, the, <laughs> the Movistar, the Movistar bus just had that kind of, or well, area had that kind of chaotic sort of sense feel to it that you would kind of imagine. Um, the only, okay. The only, uh, area where it was a bit, uh, you felt like a little bit of a cool breeze running through, say the De Kernic, mm. um, like a De Kernick bus, okay. no vibe, no bants, like everyone doing their own thing separate. Oh, the, the body language doctor did not like what he saw around De Kernick. While you were wandering around there, was there any other media there? Because it seems like if you're not on Twitter, uh, it's like a media blackout. Like if I go on YouTube and type in Tour Down Under, you've got Durian Ryder, Ride Media, so Rob from Ride Media, and that's it. Like where's GCN? Where's there's no vlogs there's there's like there's there's two people at the tour down under making videos uh, w- w- you know where's yeah that's that's interesting I, I kind of felt like it was a bit happening so yeah Rob Arnold Ride Media was doing his kind of looks at some of the bikes uh, there's the the quote the stop doing air quotes for this Chris <clears throat> the journalists wandering around um, like. Chat, chat to Rupert Guinness, but I don't, I mean, 
I don't know where their outlets are. So it's probably not necessarily something that we see. Like the the local news are all there. So if you're in Adelaide, it's there's probably there's there's stuff happening. Um, a lot of the teams have their own sort of media people. So that's probably why it felt like there was media around, where it's it's probably essentially just going out on their own social yeah, media yeah, stuff. Okay. okay. GCN are here. In fact, I can uh, attest to that because I I raced with and against Alex from GCN at one of the Norwood crits last night. Uh, they are doing their – this is kind of a big thing for them because this is the first opportunity they, they get to go do the new bike videos and all that sort of stuff. So that's pretty much what okay. they're doing the whole time they're here is in there in the – the team area shooting those is probably a bit of a you got to think there's probably a bit of a turnaround on the content being churned out from there because they probably send it all back to the uk for the yep. editors to do okay um so you'll definitely see that in the next few days i reckon i reckon in 24 48 hours you'll start, start to, to come through a little bit a little bit of fomo for uh from not seeing okay. some of this stuff okay did you manage to spot that new cask helmet that eating also running that <laughs> goes over the years I didn't. I didn't, I must admit, but I, I have seen some pictures of it. I really freaking rate this. To, to me, this is, I know it's Cask and it's not Ineos Team Sky, but this has got old school Team Sky vibes all over it. It's just, let's just take something that everyone did the same and just no matter, love it or hate it, ugly or not, we're just going to, we're just going to, Bring down that shell over the years because it saves three watts, and and we're just gonna do it. I I I rate it. I mean, yeah, it looks actually from the front on. It doesn't it doesn't look horrible from the front because <laughs> it just looks kind of like a time trial helmet. I mean, from the side, it looks ridiculous. I'm looking at these photos here of Jonathan Navarez from the crit. The side looks rough. The front doesn't look too bad. And if it's faster, brilliant. I seriously rate this. I don't mind the I don't mind the side on look. Like the the issue, I mean this this has the potential to look disastrous with a helmet sunglasses gap because I think that would just be extent, accentuated by the the covering of the of the ear, but the images I see it's a, it's a nice closed sunglasses mm-hmm. helmet gap which kind of then flows into into the ear, ear region. My my concern would be um, the, the the sunglass arm getting like pressed Ooh, yeah. in yeah. to your temple and having a little bit of of uh, a little bit of headache mm-hmm. action happening there. Not not that I should ever let comfort get in the way <laughs> of style or performance, but um, yeah, mm. I'm not hating it. This is kind of along the lines of that bike thing about do you have one bike because it will suit most people better or do you have multiple bikes because that's what the pros need. And I think this is along those lines is Cask should have this helmet for the pros. The average rider probably should just wear a normal helmet because it's slightly slower but looks better and keeps your ears nice and cool. So I don't know. I I, I like this, this. If we start to get more of these sort of Products designed for pros, regardless of anything else. Uh, I'm I'm here for it for now. You're here for it. Like two seconds ago, you're telling me you you're 
you're all about the people and you just want the bikes that are going to be for the people and to bring the prices down, we're going to have to just streamline the the models so we uh, we'll, we'll set the pros aside for the moment so the people get a get a better bike. Hang on, well now now we're we're not we don't care about the people and we want the pros to get the good helmet and keep researching developing bizarre helmet styles and that's all good and then the people can have a choice and choose whatever they want from the selection of it could be a pro helmet or it could be a well, that's people the bike, helmet. Well, I think you can because it's because the bike brands can't seem to figure out just to, to cater to everyone. But if you're just making a $100 helmet, um, I'm, I'm here for it. If the, if the bike brands could have four models with different stiffnesses, I'd be here for it. But that's, they, they're, not, they're not doing it. So in that case, uh, I'm for the people. But with helmets, what does it cost you to have a couple of pro-only helmets sitting around? Probably not much. It's just a piece of foam at the end of the day. So I'm here for it. Did you watch any of the uh, yep. women's race? Watched it. From the gear side, that's the Sudal setup for the AEG insurance for the women. They're on ceramic speed OSPWs. I think that new um, S-Works vented helmet looks cool. I think the AG Insurance women are on a better setup than the men. As far as I've seen, the men aren't running the ceramic speed, um, whereas uh, Sarah Gigante and the, and the women had the ceramic speed pulley wheels, which I, I rate. I think they're cool. Um, so just from a gear point of view, the, the, the Sudal women had it dialed. I will say that I should, I should have mentioned that the Sudal SL8s in person, that's the best paint job in the tour. And I can't believe I'm saying that. It's totally – it does not photograph at all well. It, like you would just say it's a blue bike, right? It's, it's not like that at all. It's very it, – it's kind of got a real – a light purple to it, different, different angles. I was, I was very, very impressed with it actually. Um, now, the reason I brought up the, the women's race is – well, a couple of reasons. But So you and I were sort of de- – de- discussing like why there were so many domestic teams in there and why the okay so my experience with the the women's peloton is mostly through um sd works movistar some of the those teams and they weren't at this race and that was a little bit disappointing like it's kind of disappointing because okay the biggest teams didn't turn up but it's also shit on the teams that did turn up because the biggest teams are the biggest teams because they have the biggest budget and they couldn't bother their ass to come here. I just don't think that's cool. And anyway, that's changing next year. So if you're a world tour women's team in 2025, you have to go to all the world tour races. Oh, so they are changing. I was wondering that because it was the Conti teams in there. So that's why Bridge Lane were right, were right, racing because they were essentially filling the gaps of the other world tour teams that weren't yeah. here. It'll be, it would be good to have every team come for it. Um, and for the for the teams that did come, it's still a world tour race, even though all the teams don't have to be there. In the men's, if it's a world tour race, all the world tour teams have to be here. So that's some easier points for the for the other teams that will just get totally outgunned by SD Works. Story time with Chris. So you saw <laughs> you saw Durian Rider because I saw your Instagram story. So he's got no shirt on. So what's happened? Because it's it's his homeland. It's Adelaide. So. How, how, 
how have you managed to get a Instagram story with a shirtless Dirty Rider? What on a bamboo bike with no socks on? <laughs> so I'm out. I'm out doing one of these rides with. I'm out doing one of these rides with. Uh, I, I think it was Map, and there's a big group of sort of sixty, and we're going up Montague. We're at sort of the base of that Montague Road, and up from behind comes this shirtless tanned wonder, like. Twice our speed, like ripping past us, and no reaction from anyone in the bunch. <laughs> this this can't stand. So I jump across to him, and uh, he's he was right. I don't know, r- maybe rightfully or wrongfully, uh, annoyed that no. no one took up the challenge because he was basically you know yeah. trying to lay lay a bit of a smackdown up uh, up Montague, which was get everyone fired up and and get it going. I did sort of point out that just having this like random shirtless dude ride past quite twice the speed wasn't probably an, a the invitation no. that he thought it was in his own mind. Imagine the flicks of sweat off the back of the neck of a shirtless shirtless man on a bamboo bike. <laughs> oh dear, uh, Brent. It was uh, it was it was, a, it was a double YouTube day for me actually because then later on that evening there was uh, I was parking my bike up, racking my bike up. To go uh, sign on to the Vic Park crits, and I looked across, and there's a Cannondale with a GCN sticker on it. I was like, "That's pretty rare." The GCN sticker on many bikes, and um, so I looked down. I was like, "Oh, hang on, I recognise you." It was um, Alex, one of the presenters on on GCN. Now, okay, what was the angle though? Because it's a GCN tech always have some angle. It's like twenty year old bike or or alloy wheels. So, what bike was it? Was he going for something? Was there an angle that he was, or he was pushing with the bike, racing overseas on a secondhand bike, fast or not? I reckon he's. I reckon he's. It's a marketplace buy, and and that'll be the video. Fly to Australia, buy a secondhand bike, and then and race a crit. That's my that's my prediction. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Um. The only other story I had, and and I kind of love this about this is. This is Tour Down Under to me, right? So um, the day before, again, another hot day and riding out towards the hills and there's these four or five guys uh, come up and start talking and I'm racing that night so I'm just going to do a short ride and the boys are saying, oh, we're going to ride out to Tanunda. Like, oh, okay, cool, good. Hundred. So Tanunda was just stage one. That's the first day. Uh, it's 100Ks out, 100Ks back, 40-degree day, all right, for the boys. Oh, you know, going to get out there earlier, settle in, et cetera, et cetera. I was like, oh, solid day. It's a solid day, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, especially given none of us have ridden over 100Ks. I'm like, okay, right? So you've decided to just double that. And what I love about it, it's like, so not only have they decided mm-hmm. to double it because mm-hmm. they're here, two and an under, why else? It's going to be 40 degrees. It's going to be... Like the trip back from Tanunda, likely headwind, hottest part of the day, and you've also got to factor in you're probably standing on the side of the road in the heat, in your kit, in your chamois, chamoising it up for probably at least two hours in the middle of that, getting a nice bit of dehydration yep. happening as that's sort of trucking along. I have done that. I've done that multiple times, I might point out. And that that is the tour down under, tour down under story <laughs> that those boys will be telling 
for the rest of the year. They loved yep. it. I have no idea. They might still be out there three days later, but uh, that's what it's all about. Yep. No, well, you know, I rate that. There'll be some guy in that bunch that does the ride and he goes, oh, I was just a bit slow up the climbs. I'd love to get faster. And then he's bang, he's in and he's, and he's off training full, full into it. I rate that. All right, guys, that's probably us done from, uh, from here on the ground. Um, we'll try and churn something out towards the end of the week, early next week as well, see how we're getting on. Jesse, thank you for your time. Thanks for the chat. We'll see you next week. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.